0: It has been a capital week in pro wrestling this week. Not only are we going to discuss a Olympic gold medalist at the top of the show, but we bring you results from two very well-done pay-per-views, Impact's Victory Road and NXT TakeOver 31, which I would say definitely brought back the TakeOver feel that we used to have. We also got a lot in the Savage Sentinel, a lot of negativity, a lot of bad shit, a lot of bad people. Tell it the
1: way and it is, Fat Mac. This week, we're taking out the garbage.
0: We are taking out the garbage. It is garbage week. A lot in the injury report. It's, it's just not good. There, there's some good. The pay per views were very good, but the news is more slanted to the negative side. Pasty, as news should be. <laughs> At least in Trump's world, ain't it? <laughs> we know, got it a jam-packed. Be... Go ahead, go ahead. It seems, it seems to be painting a
1: pretty rosy picture.
0: Uh, we got a jam-packed show, pasty, but a uh, one thing which I don't know if it's positive or negative, but it definitely hit me in the feels, is a, a certain name change that happened just recently. Do you want to take us off at the top of the show?
1: Yes, sir, Fat Mac NXT Takeover Thirty One. How in the world do you follow the amazingly golden show that was NXT TakeOver 30? It's a tough in one. the
0: golden shower.
1: <laughs> no, NXT TakeOver had to be different. It had to change things because 30 left a bad taste in most people's mouths.
2: Ah, uh, wasn't good.
1: Probably the first one in 30 TakeOvers that sucked. <laughs>
0: legit legit like there's been ones that weren't as good as the previous ones but not one where you looked at and said i don't ever want to watch any of these matches again
1: yeah uh so nxt takeover 31 took place from a redesigned wwe performance center that's being dubbed as capital wrestling center which is apparently what nxt will be using going forward The move from Full Sail to Capital Wrestling Center was due in part to the recent renovations and desire for live fans to return. Full Sail wasn't going to allow fans, and WWE wanted NXT to proceed with fans. Internally, this is being looked at as a quote-unquote restart for NXT. A new set with LED boards and the return of fans with some talent as well in the crowd. Because talent didn't pass it around in the Performance Center at all before. No. (laughs) Having a fresh start in a renovated building featuring a new set and live fans in attendance should give NXT a rejuvenation to what it once had before the pandemic. Of course, all fans in attendance have to pass a COVID-19 screening, temperature check, and questionnaire to attend. They will I've never taken lie some of WWE's HD. questionnaires. They're grading. <laughs> Masks must be worn at all times.
0: They weren't worn at all times. No,
1: no, they weren't. <laughs> Fans will also be in custom-built pods made from bulletproof glass. Oh, the the,
0: the most bulletproof. These can so withstand bullets sad. from anywhere. <laughs> Bullet Bill turned away when he's seen this glass. <laughs>
1: Each group that arrives will be taken separately from everyone else to their pod prior to the start of the show. The same procedure will be used when exiting afterwards, and fans will not intermingle with any NXT talent. Now, see, for I don't know the ones in the pods next to them.
0: <laughs> I don't know what happened ahead of this, but I'm sitting here. Picture it says each group that arrives will be taken separately. Are they all just standing in line right next to each other before they go into the park? <laughs> right, yeah. like, I don't know, but that's what I picture.
1: They're they're <laughs> arriving for a, the whole week prior, like two groups a day at opposite ends of the day. <laughs> right.
0: Just wait here. We'll give you breakfast and lunch, suppers. And <laughs> I just
1: want to see, like, at the end, you're waiting to go home, and then the, the illumination chamber sounds and lights come on, like, picking whose <laughs> random pod is going to go.
0: I feel like I feel like you're the the person who is who just was at the bottom of the Ferris wheel when the ride actually stops, and now you have to wait for every car to get unloaded <laughs> until you fucking finally get off the Ferris wheel. Yeah, and you're like starving for a chili dog, and you have to piss <laughs> in the porta potty, and it's like, oh fuck! <laughs> I just figured... I hear the last pod, just like, God damn, when are they going to let a pod out? Come they got on. walls on
1: the sides of those things for a reason. You just do your business. And then pretend it's a chili dog afterwards. Nobody will ever as, know the difference.
0: As Jr. would say, I, I I don't wear khakis for a reason. It's all dark
2: pants. <laughs>
1: <laughs> CM Punk shit his pants in a wrestling ring once. Jr. does it multiple times a week. Oh.
0: Huh. Why not?
1: Uh, And of course, a little bit of history. The name Capital Wrestling Center is a tribute to Capital Wrestling Corporation that was founded by Jess McMahon in 1953 and is run by Vincent J. I almost said Violent J. Vincent J. (laughs) McMahon, which he would sell to Vincent K. McMahon. And he would eventually sell it to Vincent B. McMahon.
0: Who would also work with Vincent F. McMahon.
1: <laughs> he should have kept McMahon- that running. Empire. What made him want to go Shane? <laughs> like, your name's Shane. Do you want to know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, as somebody who comes as a as a legal third, you'd never want to name your kid the same name. It's been done. It's been taken. It's fucking stupid. And you're just not worth it. You're not that great. That you need another human being to carry your legacy on with a full name. They got your last name. That's more than you fucking deserve.
1: Your progeny is not going to exceed your greatness anyway.
0: I'm telling you.
1: It's downhill every generation, I tell you. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh,
0: that's the way it is. I mean, that's just to me. To me, you either you either go, you never name them after yourself, or you go the George Foreman route. Right. There's no junior. There's no third. Just everybody's your name, all the way down the line. I think we didn't we just talk about this last yes, week? Yes, actually, last week. Up? Yes. Okay. <laughs> 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 yeah, just go. If you, how the fuck did we bring that up last week?
1: I don't know, he's going to have to start paying us soon though.
0: He should. But, Yeah, there you go. See, <laughs> there you go all the way or none at all. That's that's my thinking. Uh, uh no, I actually I love the fact that they're actually branding their own thing. The the performance center just sounded what it was. I mean, it sounded uh academic and juvenile and mid not even mid-card, like jobber. Yeah. And Full Sail University. It sounds good, but it's not like a a wrestling thing. Yeah. Yeah. So when you say Capital Wrestling Center like that, that that catches my ear. And they got a really cool logo that has the X in it so they can incorporate the NXT to it with the W. I don't know if anybody's seen the logo, but the logo is actually really badass. I, I like this. I like it because of the history.
1: I did see the logo. I enjoy it too.
0: Yeah, obviously I'm I'm a I'm a mark for the history of pro wrestling, but I just I really like this. I I'm, I'm sorry. I wanted to hate it when it first happened. I was like, "Oh, this is stupid." But I was just like, "No, I love it." I'm sorry. Hey, I and that it.
1: setup is pretty dope. I like the uh the the it's flat screens. It's not Rosa screens like on Raw, SmackDown like yep. staggered to look like fans. Yeah. Flat screens and it's on top of where the the audience is. So you do if you're in the audience, you're not sitting in the back of the arena hoping to see something.
0: And you're, they have an staying. actual cage, so you can do some cage match like kind of stuff, like grading their faces or throw people into that's it.
1: Hot glued to.
0: <laughs> and, well, yes, but but to be fair, think of that as opposed to Raw SmackDown, which have guardrails that are protecting the. Video monitors twenty feet away from the wrestlers. Why are there guardrails again?
2: Oh, you know, because yeah. since...
0: wrestlers have wrestling moves that they feel they have to do on guardrails and can't think for them fucking selves and come up with something unique and new.
1: Right. Yeah. That's, no, that's oh, Since NXT started doing, I <laughs> uh, haven't like the 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 trainees in the crowd and they had the plexiglass up. I like that they like can throw chairs at the crowd and shit. I feel like the, uh, the the plastic cage liner that's kind of just taped up there takes away from the fact that they can throw chairs at the crowd and scare the shit out of them. You know what I mean? Because they got that sense of security, even though it's clearly, clearly, <laughs>
0: clearly not,
1: <laughs> poorly, poorly done.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no,
1: I want to see more wrestlers throw chairs at fans. That's That's my thing.
0: That's Pasty's thing. He wants wrestlers to harm fans.
1: Yes. Well, no, there's, there should be plexiglass in between. Bulletproof.
0: <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, speaking of someone who's bulletproof, Pasty, let's talk about the cyborg Kurt Angle who uh, makes a a little notch in history in this week's Week in Pro Wrestling History as he made his debut appearance in TNA's Impact Zone, which might be the only wrestling center cooler named than Capital City Wrestling in Orlando, Florida. Capital Wrestling Center? Exactly. (laughs) On, On October 9th, 2006, After the main event, Samoa Joe was informed that if he didn't relinquish the NWA championship belt he had stolen from Jeff Jarrett, he would be removed from the roster. Well, Joe refused and ripped up the legal documents that informed him of such. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. Well, the lights went out, because that happens in wrestling, and Kurt Angle hit the ring and got in Joe's face. He actually headbutted the Samoan submission machine and hit an angle slam on him. Kurt then held up the title belt, but Joe ended up hitting him from behind. Joe cinched in a choke-on angle, and security actually had to break them up. Now, while all this is happening, Jeff Jarrett came out and retrieved his belt, because he was the official champion. After Joe was removed from the ring, Angle took the house mic and stated that he wasn't fired from WWE. He actually asked Vince McMahon for his release. He said he was back to wrestling and McMahon could kiss his Olympic ass.
1: They didn't and play they, that as his at his induction ceremony. They didn't. They should have. Been. <laughs>
0: Um, this was a good, this was an actual really good show. Not only did you get Kurt Angle appearing for the first time in TNA, which was huge.
1: Yeah, that was huge back then. You never expected to see big WWE names pop up like that.
0: Actually, yeah. Back then, he was the first, he was the second big name. I would say Christian Cage, but I would say Kurt Angle's a bigger name than Christian Cage also. Yeah. Yeah. Before that, there really wasn't. Um, but the match also had Chris Sabin, Jay Lethal, Shark Boy, and Sanjay Dutt defeating Pud Williams, Low Key, and Paparazzi Productions, which was Alex Shelley and Johnny Devine. Paparazzi Productions actually almost got onto my list of underrated factions. Uh, Kevin Nash was in that, and a few others. But we also had Lance Hoyt and Ron the Truth Killings. Some know him as Our Truth, but he was a wrestler in TNA. They beat the Diamonds in the Rough, which was David Young and Elix Skipper, with Simon Diamond as their manager. And the main event had Samoa Joe retrieving the championship belt in a unsanctioned ladder match against Christian Cage. Of course, it was unsanctioned because he wasn't the actual champion.
1: <laughs> Good times. Remember the fateful day Kurt Angle went back to WWE.
0: Oh, remember his final match in WWE against (laughs) the amazing King Corbin in an all-out brawl (laughs) that put Shawn Michaels and Undertaker to shame?
1: Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I would have just retired with impact in hindsight.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, and and Kurt is one of those people. I put um, Bully Ray or Team 3D Total in there uh, that surprisingly – not only had a longer career in TNA, but probably had some of their best matches in TNA. Um, Christian Cage probably doesn't surprise anybody that his best matches were in TNA because he was a main event guy in TNA and he was a mid-carder in WWE. But yeah, Kurt Angle had spent more time in TNA than WWE and so did uh, Team 3D and a few others, so... He helped. He helped make them, and nobody assumed at that time, two thousand six, that TNA slash Impact would still be running as, as solidly as they are now.
1: The best part is knowing when he's inducted into the Impact Hall of Fame, it won't be all jokes. <laughs> you know, I thought I thought Mister T's induction was the funniest induction in history. <laughs>
0: Mr. T's was just so boring.
1: <laughs> he loves his mama.
0: Actually, in all honesty, uh, before we went on air, I just hopped online and checked. He's actually still giving his speech. <laughs> Legit- I mean, he's, they got it on live stream. They, they, it's not, I mean, they, they, they had to cut it off at a point, but they have it on, he's still giving his speech. It's still going on.
1: They put the screens up it's and wild. put live fans on, so he thinks. People.
0: <laughs> yeah, they got they got the Thunder surrounding Mister T, but it's all just A Team members. It's just reruns of A Team, but he doesn't know the difference. He thinks it's amazing. There's a couple. There's a couple screens showing MacGyver. You can't fucking tell the difference. A Team MacGyver, same fucking shit. Come on.
1: <laughs> One screen with a with a Klansman in a hood.
0: Uh, of course. I mean, that's obligatory w. W. Without for
1: it. WWE, exactly. <laughs> 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 ah, Fat Mac. What? It's time for the return of the much-anticipated <laughs> Token J.R.R. Want to tell us a little bit about this week's clip?
0: Well, if it's anything like wrestling this week or the news, it's probably shitty, but I honestly don't think it is. You see, um, Eric Bischoff has heard about retribution. And he's really... He, he ended up getting... He literally got a message, a DM, from T-Bar. And that got brought up on their, uh, their podcast, 83 Weeks, with Conrad Thompson and Eric Bischoff. And he wasn't sure who this person was that was messaging him. It was a T-bar. And, uh, well, I'll just let Eric take it from here, pasty.
2: All right. What is a T-bar? What, has he been in the business for a minute and a half? Is his coffee still hot? Come on, give me a break. If we're going to talk about it, T-bar, if we're going <laughs> to talk about it, look, I, 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 I feel for you. I feel for you. You're new in the business. You're greener than goose shit. You've really not accomplished anything yet. I know you will. I believe you have potential. And I'm not blaming you for the retribution storyline. I'm not not blaming the writing team. I'm certainly not blaming one of my best friends, Bruce Pritchard. But this is a fucked up story. (laughs) It's like, could you possibly screw up an invasion storyline anymore in such a short period of time? And I, you can't blame the talent. They're doing the best yeah. they can. And this is a big opportunity for you, T-Bone, or <laughs> T-Bar, or T-Rex, or whoever you are. I get it. I, It's it's not your fault. And this storyline, T-Bone, is just something you're a part of that, you know, it's not your fault. I get it. Be careful about lashing out on, on social media, you know, quite yet. Um, Now, if this thing gets some traction and ends up being something that everybody's excited about, I will be the first to apologize for my premature judgment of the storyline, recognize that, yeah, I've been around for a minute or two, and I've made my own fair share of dumb mistakes and all of the above, and I will apologize. But I ain't worried about it. T bar, T
1: bone, T whatever your fucking name is. Yeah, he's definitely sure never accomplished a- anything in his young <laughs> young career. That's for sure.
0: Eric sure isn't a fan of uh, isn't a fan of his by no means. Or the whole retribution angle, obviously. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know, if he's not blaming the talent or the writers or Bruce Pritchard, I wonder who he could be pointing his finger at.
0: I wonder. <laughs> it is funny because I I love the fact that, you know, Eric Bischoff Eric Bischoff, he doesn't follow wrestling a whole hell of a lot, obviously, you know. Uh but it's like Dominic uh Dijakovic, he's he's been around for almost a decade. Yeah. And he's been making big moves, I mean, for easily. That's what I last said, like, he's ne- definitely never accomplished. Yeah, anything. oh, my God, he's like, his cup of coffee isn't even cold yet. And it's like, <laughs> I just, I love it. I love it. It's 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 great shit. It's typical Eric Bischoff, uh, and it's not funny. in a bad way. You know,
1: the best part is, Retribution shit was probably happening way back when he was in WWE. Oh, you know, yeah. the hacker? That was going <laughs> on back then. <laughs> It's amazing that they could screw up an invasion storyline in such a short time. Come on, Bischoff. Right. You were there. It was probably your idea. It's an invasion storyline. It was probably your idea.
0: It's, it's fun. <laughs> it's just fun. Uh, I just absolutely love it. Go to old Eric Bischoff. He can get fired up every now and then, too.
1: It's good. It's good. I'm surprised he didn't uh, think it was Tony Khan's friend. Uh, What's his fuck?
0: Oh, um, not Alvarez. Uh, Marquez. Yeah, no, Alvarez. (laughs) Marquez. Yeah, yeah. That was good shit, too. (laughs) Old Alex Marquez. (laughs) That was rough. He shit shit. on him so fucking hard. (laughs) That was great. (laughs) I could only imagine how he felt after he found out that was some cat he never really fucking met. <laughs> or that he did even meet once Imagine the apology
1: him. he's gonna issue next week when he finds out the old t That it's Dijakovic.
0: Right. Oh shit! I remember that one time you and I were hanging out. We smoked a hookah together.
1: <laughs> old T-bar.
0: Uh, old T-bone t-rex i want to start calling them t-bone now though there you go uh it was so good pacey but you know what else was really good what's that victory road impact wrestling's pay-per-view that they just had oh my gosh we're gonna kind of zip through it here you didn't catch it um but uh, it was a really, really good show, actually. I'll be so, honest, I was
1: too busy watching NXT Takeover 31 twice. There you go. And
0: that's not a bad thing. <laughs> we'll start out. There was a pre show tag match, the Rascals taking on Triple XL. Uh, I did catch this, and it was okay for a pre it show. It was about what a pre show should be. It wasn't amazing, but it just lets you know that shit's coming up good for it we started out with pasty's most anticipated match brian myers defeating tommy dreamer who oh, knew. oh man what a way lose. to
1: start a show
0: yeah pasty knew pasty. he was gonna lose and he still bet on him
1: it should have been your main event i swear
0: <laughs> um i gave this a c grade but it really was a solid re- it, it was very solidly wrestled it wasn't spectacular but it was two guys who know pro wrestling and put on a really good match. This is a really good mid of the card match. Should not have opened the show. Really bad way to open the show. (laughs) Uh, It was really one dimensional. Um, It's a C match. You know, if it would have been in the middle of the card, I might've gave it a B minus. The only way Tommy Dreamer
1: gets more than one dimension is with a kendo stick. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But then we moved on to Rohit Raju's open challenge for the X Division Championship. And oh boy, did I mark out when Willie Mack walked through the fucking curtain. I thought that was so badass. I was like, Willie Mack needs to win the title. I'm sick of fucking Raju. He's a dick. He's a worm. And uh, Willie Mack won, Pacey. But... He won by countout. He didn't get the title.
1: Oh no! Heel wrestler doing heel things, huh? Yeah,
0: I mean it was it was great actually. Rohit does his job perfectly. He does what? Um, I think what? Uh, what's that dipshit's name in WWE nobody likes? Who could have been Rohit? He was in three MB. Heath Slater. Not keep going. Not Drew Galloway.
1: Gender Mahal.
0: Gender Mahal. This is what Gender Mahal should have been, like charisma in the negativity. It, 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 it's great. It was good old fashioned wrestling, but um, it was a, it, it was a, it was a good match. I gave it a C again. I mean, it just was what it was. Should have been better with Mac, I think, but I liked it. Any thoughts yes. on that, Pacey? <laughs> on Willie Mac being the uh, surprise entrant? Uh,
1: well, it's it's fairly upsetting to me, to be very honest. Obviously, <laughs> because this one came down to the fucking wire and had to be determined by our tiebreaker.
0: And it's the tiebreaker you picked. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next match, we had Tennell Dashwood defeat Jordan Grace. Casey, both of us thought Grace would win this one. I thought she should have won it. Um, But you know what? They had really great chemistry, and I think uh, this was one of their best matches to date. Caleb with a K is amazing, and I think Caleb with a K and Dashwood need to stay together. They are the perfect heel team. He adds so much to her. I just absolutely love it, and even my son phantom was saying why is it caleb with a k? And I was like because it's caleb but it's spelled with a k <laughs> and he was like well most caleb's I know are spelled with a c i know but it's <laughs> with a k and he's and he's gonna tell you it's caleb with a k that's why his name isn't caleb it's caleb with a k that's his name
1: he <laughs> had one and too many checks it. that he couldn't cash
0: it, it, it's just awesome um it was it was really really re- I liked it. It sh- it could have been better.
1: Yeah, hey, I like um, to hear that about Dashwood though. I'm glad glad she's doing good.
0: And she's and she's building momentum and it it's not going to be long before she's competing for the knockout title again. The only thing I would say is that my girl who I'm in love with who just recently got married to one of my favorite pro wrestlers, Jonathan Gresham, which pisses me off because I can't hate him because he married her, but I'm still in love with her. Um, Well, you can always try to kidnap her. (laughs) Yeah, right. We'll get to that later on. (sighs) She's kind of in a bad position because she's a former champ, but she constantly seems to be losing these opportunities lately. It seems like the more women that come in the, the farther she's pushed down, and she really shouldn't be. She she really just shouldn't be.
1: I don't know this it works because eventually you'll get low enough that she'll go to AEW, right?
0: She would be great in AEW. Exactly. She could only help. So <laughs> you
1: just got to get pushed low enough to go to the AEW yeah. Windsor roster.
0: I gave this a B grade. I I liked it. I enjoyed it, but um, I felt the wrong person won, and uh, I I the only reason that I I almost gave it a C plus, but I was like. I ain't even going to lie, Caleb with a K, man. He knocked it up a few notches. He is special as a manager. I don't want to see him wrestle as a manager. I fucking absolutely am in love with him.
1: Anything, Casey? got to check it out. I got to check it out. You should.
0: And uh, a match that yeah, maybe you don't have to check out but was good. <laughs> Unsanctioned tag match. Rhino and Heath. And Heath, don't call me Slater versus Reno Scum. Um. Again, this was a solid match. Quality heat. Uh, it was energetic. It was everything it needed to be, but it was pretty copy and paste. I gave it a C plus because it was pretty much copy and paste.
1: Did Did Heath get signed afterwards? No. Oh.
0: Of course not. Of
1: course not.
0: <laughs> then we got Trey Miguel who defeated Moose, which just made me pop because, first of all, we didn't know this match was happening. Uh, Second of all, I'm not a big Moose fan. Third of all, I'm a huge Trey Miguel fan. Hell yeah. And when I seen that he was facing Moose, I was like, oh, they're just putting a squash match in here to put over Moose. No, not at all. It honestly was probably a little longer than it needed to be, but... um. I really liked it. The sad part is Trey Miguel, it wasn't too long ago that he was fighting for the world title and now he's just kind of
1: here. Well so, doesn't Moose still have the TNA World Championship? He the has championship.
0: He has the TNA championship, which wasn't quote <laughs> on the line here. Um I mean, it, it was it was a good match. I'm glad that Trey won. But honestly, I gave this one a C grade also. It was uh, down the middle, if you will.
1: It's good to see Trey getting a win, especially with how strongly they've been pushing Moose lately. He's not my favorite.
0: That can only help, for sure. I think that's good. But this is where I was kind of (laughs) proud of um, Victory Road. Because we've kind of had a C pay-per-view the whole time, which is, you know, mid-grade. Not bad, just not great. But the last three matches all kind of up the ante, I think. So we ended up getting a four-way match. Now, all four of these guys are part of a team that will face off in a four-way at for Glory for the Tag Team Championships. But on this match, only one member of each team competes. So we had Josh Alexander with his partner, Ethan Page, who ended up winning the match. That also had Alex Shelley with his Motor City Machine Gun partner Chris Sabin, Ace Austin with Madman Fulton, and Machine Gun Carl Anderson with the big LG Doc Gallows, of course, the good brothers.
1: Yeah, this sounds like fun without you even telling me any more than they all had managers.
0: This was super fun, and as you may imagine, it was a damn good match, and it put the focus on the actual tag teams, to be honest. To the point where um, at one point all eight people got involved, and so about halfway through the match, the ref threw the partners out, which was really fun. I thought that was good. They all showcased themselves well, they all delivered great action. You could tell they were all working to kind of just put each other, there wasn't a single person that looked better or a single person that jobbed. You know, it was all, they were all pretty even. Um, Shelly, I mean, he is still at the, I don't know what age he is, but I've been rooting for him for the last 10 years. He's still pound for pound. One of the best wrestlers in the world. It's, it's insane. Um, machine gun Carl Anderson brought out some new Japan shit, which really made him look good. This is great stuff. Um, this is the best thing up to this point on the show. I gave it a B plus. So the show's picking up. The crescendo is coming, if you will. We have the Knockouts Championship next, Pat Pasty and Deanna Purrazzo, as we expected, beat Suzy. Suzy is the uh, kind of the subdued Su-Young. And, um, boy, we've sh- we seen some shades of Sue young come out every now and then. You could see it in her eye. You could see the way she looked. The confused young woman, she kind of, uh, every now and then, something hits her, and it's like, oh, shit. So it, it was it was really fun. This was a storytelling match. and not only, It was a really good match in the ring, but it was a storytelling match. Susie was the underdog, but she did really good. So many times I actually thought she might beat Peraza, which surprised me. Um, great storytelling, but there was a post-match beatdown that was vicious and, uh it was really great with Perrazzo and Kimberly who are working together and, uh, I, I can really see the undead bride is coming out of Susie again and, um, just in time for Halloween. Oh, and with Kylie Ray beside her, it's like, I think we're going to see the Undead Bride turn on Kylie Ray possibly, and Ooh. and get a feud there. But it's I, Kylie I, Bound for I hope Glory. Kylie
1: bleeds. Can Kylie? It's
0: happening. I, it's happening at Bound for Glory. There's there's no doubt about it. You know what I mean? Like you said, it's Halloween. It's 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 perfect. Hell but yeah. I think we all miss the Undead Bride. We miss Su Young. Susie's great. I love the Cupy thing. You know, we've all jerked off to Cupy, but. What, just me? Okay. We all miss the
1: underbread. Depend, depends on the quality of the quarter pound. <laughs> hey, did you watch I the did. South Park special? Oh,
0: so hilarious. <laughs> Talk
1: about jerking they off on a cutie.
0: They literally hit on everything that happened. In an From hour.
1: In an hour. I don't even need another the, South uh, Park this year.
0: Oh, that was so good. That was so good. Yeah. So you I don't
1: smoke it. pot, hey? <laughs> I know oh. she's
0: got the mustache.
1: <laughs> I'm just gonna go make a few more specials.
0: <laughs> it was just awesome. She has the mustache. <laughs> I will. I will say one thing. I was waiting for it, and it didn't happen. And I think ten years ago, Trey and Matt would have pulled the trigger. None of the kids had a mustache. I was waiting for one of the kids to have a mustache. They didn't pull that trigger. I was surprised. And, folks, if you don't know what we're talking about, you have to watch the special. We're not going to ruin it for you. It's so good. And uh, speaking of ruining things for people, if you haven't watched it, which Pasty hasn't, I'm going to ruin it for him.
2: Do it! But you
0: still need to go back and watch it because it's so awesome. And Eric Young is proving his worth as a champion. Impact World I never Championship Never thought I'd match. hear you say that. I've always loved Eric Young. He's just never been a main event guy. And I, you know what? Even after this match, I don't think he's a main event guy. But he did put on a main event match. Um, if that makes sense. Intense, physical, hard hitting, spectacular psychology. I mean, this was this was all I ever wanted from a main event. So what Eric we really Young. need is
1: EY versus Cody Rhodes.
0: Uh, how about EY versus uh, Kyle O'Reilly? <laughs> fuck yeah.
1: If you listened Eric to our Young. show last week, you'd be like, why the <laughs> fuck paste did you just say that?
0: I know, right? <laughs> Eric Young was the ruthless, vile heel. Uh, he was very cerebral. And, of course, Eddie Edwards, he gutted through everything. He actually had a legitimate ankle injury de- going into this, and uh, and they, they sold that through this whole thing. This was very easy to follow story. It was executed to perfection by both the champion and the challenger. They, they built a story, and they took you along through the whole thing. And my son, who hasn't been following Impact, although he was a huge Impact fan from way back in the day, Uh, knew everything that was going on. So that was awesome. I could not believe how much Eric Young shined as a star. He shouldn't. By all accounts, he shouldn't. But he did. And I think he's maybe showing WWE a little uh, ha-ha-ha, you know. But this was a fantastic exclamation point at the end of a solid show. It's Victory Road. It's not a main show. It's one of their B-pay-per-views. And I think it played like a B-pay-per-view. Um, as I mentioned, it was C matches kind of all the way through the first half, and then the last three matches crescendoed up to B A A plus. It's just um, really good, and it really it really built a lot going into Bound for Glory next month. I thought with Sue Young and 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 Kylie Ray, you got um, the tag team match. You got Eric Young. So much is building up to Bound for Glory. I think that's what this was. This was kind of a show to build to Bound for Glory, and that's I think it did it perfect. That's good. That's good. I'm excited for Bound for Glory.
1: I'm definitely going to go back and check it out sometime in the next week. Uh, that brought us to a 4-4 four to four tie, with the tiebreaker being Is the TBD, Matt Cardona. The answer was no, and Fat Mac got the point to rub my face in the dirt. Oh, and and that's got me life. thinking, I need to make a new t-shirt. You know how they got the fuck Jim Cornette t-shirt, and it's beautiful. Yep. I want to make a fuck Matt Cordona t-shirt now.
0: <laughs> I think we should. I think it would sell. <laughs> I, think, I think Cody Rhodes would be the first one to buy one. He'd be in the front of the line.
1: I have to assume that since he said he's not signed with AEW and he didn't show it up at Impact and Cody won the TNT championship back on Dynamite, that Cardona's going to attack Cody out of nowhere with a chair and possibly crack open the front of his face.
0: (laughs) I could see him being the challenger because didn't Cody do the TNT challenge when he was the champion? Yep. Yeah, I could see him being the next challenger and winning it straight up off him, mm-hmm. which I don't agree with either, even if I don't want it to be on Cody. I think that also cheapens it, but I don't know. Yes.
1: And while we're talking about this week's Dynamite, we got to say that they had a cameo from New Japan. Yes, they did. A little Tanahashi action for
0: old yes. Chris Jericho.
1: Get rid of the VP of American Affairs and – Everything seems to be going swimmingly
0: <laughs> you know i can I could only support new japan and a e w working together honestly
1: uh, it, it is for the best like i don't i don't see in in any world where it's not for the best you know
0: well it helps a e w s global presence and it helps new japan's american presence and I mean, those two companies have s- literally some of the best pro wrestlers in the world, and they legitimately have a lot of crossover. They have wrestlers who have been in both. So why not?
1: Hell yeah. But basically, why not? A- That's what I said when you told me I had to watch NXT TakeOver 31 this weekend.
0: And you watched it twice. Why not? I did.
1: <laughs> I did. Why not? No, why not, being the first time I wasn't fully paying attention. By the end of it, I was like, damn, I should have probably watched that like I should watch it (laughs) so that I had to watch it again. But, uh, yeah, NXT TakeOver 31 returns to true form with just the simple five-match card. And I don't think there was a bad match in the batch. There's going to be matches I'm saying weren't as good, but obviously the main event is, is the crown jewel here. Uh, yeah, the, the
0: lowest grade I gave any match on this card was a B-, and that was the opening match, so hello. Yeah.
1: Yep. Uh So we kicked off the show with the North American Championship match, seeing Damian Priest retain his championship, the North American Championship, against Johnny Gargano. This was pretty good. It was, uh, I mean... It wasn't wasn't uh, a DIY death match. You know what I mean. It was no. The thing is, Damian Priest is too tall to effectively work with Gargano because a lot of the match was Johnny dodging like clotheslines and and punches, and they kept saying Johnny keeps ducking underneath, but Johnny's not ducking. <laughs>
2: Priest <laughs> is too tall. He's
1: <laughs> and you know. I don't know. It was it was good. I don't think it's the way I would have started the show. Probably would have started with Kushida Kushida Dream uh, and let this rest somewhere in the middle.
0: Right. I no. I I agree. Um, Like I said, this was my lowest rated card on the or match on the card. But that being said, B minus. It it was good.
1: Yeah, and that's I better than to most WWE pay per views in general.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it was, I think Punishment kind of is the one that brought it down. And kind of like you said, Pasty, when you have uh, just, you you pointed on on something that I kind of generalized in my notes, but you hit a, a specific thing, so I'm going to talk about it. So when you have somebody as tall as Punishment or, or um, Damien in the ring, and then you got Johnny Gargano, who's a smaller fella. When you're just sticking your arm out and he's basically running under and has to duck just to duck, that's not right. You as the taller person has to lower yourself. You have to be the one who's who's putting the effort in. Johnny yeah. Gargano can't run against the ropes and jump to fucking duck under your clothes. And, and nine, as a champion, by the
1: third time, you should probably swing lower in general just to finally be done running back and forth, right? Yeah, just to look, just to look like you're competent. So
2: yeah.
0: I would give it to to the fact that punishment doesn't quite have the, uh, the experience that Gargano has, but th- that's fine also because he's still an amazing athlete, hard hitting, hard fought, lots of reversals, a lot of counters, a lot of false finishes. It, it seemed like they it seemed like paint by numbers. Like they did everything I wanted in an opening match, but most of it just seemed just missing a little bit.
1: You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, Triple H has a takeover checkbox list. And he had to make sure that this hit as many of those notes as possible. Probably to make up for NXT TakeOver 30. I would hope so. I hope they're thinking about that.
0: (laughs) Honestly, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's where I'm at. B minus. I liked it, but should have been better. Then we had uh, Kushida, who defeated Velveteen Dream by submission. Basically, this was the only match that we didn't uh, pick the same person on. And throughout the whole match, it could have went either way, to be honest. But um, it was well-wrestled, good storytelling. Kushida's working Dream's arm over and over. I think it was the left arm. I don't remember. Uh, Kushida sold probably more than he really should have, to be honest. But...
1: Uh, but he he did good. He still and brought it, some hard-hitting Japan Strong Style, though. Like, uh, there was one point where he did, like, a stomp on Dream, and it looked like it really fucking hurt.
0: Oh, yeah, and his hoverboard lock, it, it yeah. kind of looked like he was putting it on hard. Uh, a couple of the kicks, really, yeah. I mean, he. I agree, Strong Style was there. But I think the match really really grew at the end of the match afterwards when Kushida just really fully embraced the heel in him and just beat the shit out of Dream and ripped his arm out of the socket, you know, and Dream sold it back. amazingly. Oh, yeah, yeah, Dream sold it amazingly. Referees tried to stop it. It was it was good. I loved it. the the post match stuff i think gave it a better grade i gave it a b i really enjoyed this i had fun watching it
1: yeah it was, it was a I lot was, better than i had anticipated
2: and they like pushed I, said, I, thought...
0: I wasn't expect. oh we talked about it before we recorded pasty but we have to talk about uh dream's attire
1: yes dream came out dressed as doc from back in the future Yes, Which is funny cool. because I didn't see the entrance the first time. So I was like, is Kushida even dressing as Marty McFly now that he's in <laughs> WWE? Like, it, ma- it would make sense for him to not, right? I don't think they're calling him Time Splitter.
0: They're not calling him Time Splitter at all.
1: And I, I feel like that's less copyright than Marty McFly. <laughs> you know, that's True. a PS2 game that only a handful of us even know about.
2: <laughs> right. Damn uh, good yeah, one.
0: And he did just kind of, Kushida ran in. I, I, and this worked with the character. I, I actually liked this with the match, though. He didn't have an entrance. He ran in and started beating the shit out of Velveteen Dream right away, so he just kind of threw his vest off, and yeah, you uh-huh. didn't get to see the... And it's 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 six to one, half a dozen, another. I liked the fact that it worked with his character, but if Dream is going to dress up as Doc, then you should do the entrance with Kushida, I think. I think it has yeah. to be one or the other.
1: I honestly think what I like most about this match was the next day when Triple H made a tweet that said something along the lines of Velveteen's dream's immaturity in his life is what's holding him back in his career. <laughs> so like he sent Kushida after Dream to teach him a lesson. I did read
0: I did read that that he was just <laughs> immature and it's holding him back. And I think that's I think that Triple H's way of saying Yes, he's hitting on underage women, but it's because he's not mentally evolved yet. Mm. It's but like I still feel like try you
1: said to... Kushida on a hit job. That's all I'm saying. Oh, for sure. No, for sure.
0: <laughs> I, it's just one of those things too, where it's like, yeah, I think you're just kind of uh, you're trying to explain why you have somebody who's been hitting on minor women, and nothing's pointed to the opposite of it, other than Vince McMahon or or other than Triple H saying we've looked into it and seen nothing for it. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So then we had the Cruiserweight Championship match Seeing Santos Escobar Defeating Isaiah Scott What a Upset Yeah
0: And kind of a shitty finish
1: Yeah it was weird like there's two of them Or something Is there? Is there or does he play two people I'm well, still trying no, to wrap he... my head around that whole thing
0: he has he has a group. That's his uh um that's his uh Phantasmo uh, group because you know okay. he was um a Phantasmo in in uh, CMLL. So he has yeah. his group. There's three of them. Mm-hmm. They're part of a faction. We like the factions and factions are in style again all of a sudden. So that was cool and I liked it, but I just didn't like the way so much that it ended. But otherwise, a good cruiserweight match, I thought
1: yeah, yeah, it was fast paced. There it was a lot of action. They gave them fifteen minutes. That's really good, especially for a cruiserweight match. Oh wait, it's not way on a pre show, it's not the opener. It's uh, I think good placement, and I think cruiserweight is a good fit for NXT. Just makes me question why the fuck is there still a two oh five live?
0: Well, so I'm 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 wondering, and I was gonna ask you, and you may or may not know the answer to this. So they said this was the very first NXT cruiserweight title. They either said match or defense.
1: I think it so was a de- de- like a defense it? on a takeover. So but yeah, they're okay. calling it the NXT cruiserweight championship now too.
0: Okay. So, so it is kind of a brand new title. No longer. They're ignoring the two Oh five shit. Probably huh? until yeah. they, until they want to bring up a fact about it and then they'll add it in there. <laughs> um, Yeah, I mean, this was a really good cruiserweight match, honestly. Uh, the, yeah. the ending sucked with a lot of in, uh, interference and uh, that kind of shit. But I, I gave it a B plus. I really enjoyed it, I guess, honestly. I B plus is what, I mean, unless it's a standout cruiserweight match, that's kind of what you, you insert them for right here. Right, We're going to yeah. have a B-plus, A-minus match right here. So let's just right. throw two unless cruiserweights. Unless you're in Japan. Oh, to right or Mexico, you know, or yeah. Puerto Rico, Cuba, Germany, anywhere, anywhere but America, anywhere other but America. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: anywhere but the United States.
0: Uh, we got a uh, NXT Women's Championship match. Io Shirai defeated Candice LeRae. I was, even though I picked Io Shirai to win, I was rooting for Candice LeRae the whole time. She lost, but goddamn, did they put on an awesome fucking match! I loved this match, Yeah, It was I don't a good match.
1: About it, but I loved it. Was it was a good match. I didn't. I don't know. I feel like they were telling a story that should have also been told during Gargano's match, but they didn't bring it up at all. But how they were going to both win the championships and take back their house or whatever. And then, you know, Johnny coming out. That, to me, wasn't necessary. It would have made more sense if Candice would have been helpful to him and his match instead of just letting him lose.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I didn't think either one. But overall, the women had a good match.
1: I'm not going to take it away from them.
0: A lot of back and forth, a lot of false finishes, really, really strong effort. Uh, the end was overbooked. I uh, The end, I probably would have gave this an A, maybe an A+, plus personally. But the, the ending kind of shit on it for me. But then you got the post-match shit, which I'm also bringing into this. You had uh, Tony Storm. She popped up on the monitor and uh, made her impressions felt. She's coming to NXT and she's coming for the championship. Then we found out that uh, uh uh Ember Moon was the woman on the motorcycle, which I knew nothing about the woman on the motorcycle. <laughs> right. But that's okay because I marked out because it was Ember Moon, and I'm fucking right. I, like she was she was treated like shit on the main roster. And when I found out she was on NXT, I'm like. Fuck! She can ride a motorcycle. She can ride a go kart. She can ride a fucking tricycle or a unicycle. I don't give a shit. As long as she's back <laughs> in NXT, I'm marking the fuck out. So Hell now we yeah. got Tony Storm, we got uh, Ember Moon, and we got Io Shirai. Who you got to assume? I'm guessing a three way uh, at uh, whatever there.
1: I want to know how thing is going to be. Maybe Halloween hasn't Habit UK getting... talent been stuck in the United Kingdom? How how are they getting Tony Storm?
0: Oh, well, they had been, but now there's, there's, they've loosened things up so much. Trump can go fucking around the country with COVID. Didn't you know that? <laughs> Fuck, he doesn't yep. care.
1: Apparently, he's getting a, a live doctor's exam on Fox tonight. That was what I read. Well, it'd be we
0: like better that. than if he got a fucking dead doctor to examine him. <laughs> That'd really be fucking weird. I, gave but this I guess this doctor COVID in October. a
1: week ago. He's dead now.
2: <laughs>
0: Um, you know, you got Florida saying everybody's open up and can do whatever they want, even though we're up 16%. They're like, fuck it. If we're up 16%, it can't get worse. Open everything up. <laughs> Why the oh, on? boy. Oh, boy. Uh, I liked this match. I really did. I, I was, um, and I'm a huge I'm a huge fan of both of these women. Candice uh, LeRae has always been at least... This might have been her best match that she's been able to show. She's always been handicapped in WWE. In this match, she was still handcuffed a little bit, but maybe just her left hand. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Um, when they just fucking let her ride, I want to see them let her ride with a male in a false count anywhere match. That's when you're going to see the Candice LeRae that I fucking love. That's when you're going to see it.
1: Should be her and Gargano.
0: That would oh
1: fuck the two of them. At least you know they'd be safe, right? Yeah, I was and they can say, touch they, each other.
0: Well, I don't even think they'd be safe. I think because they trust each other so much and they love each other so much, they'd hit each other the hardest. Honestly, yeah. Like I think they'd fucking go all out to put on the best match ever. God damn it, do yep, it!
1: That would be a great build up tonight too. Take Johnny comes money. out, cost her the match from getting involved too much. She gets pissed off. Next takeover. I'm sold, pasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. Uh, I'm honestly sold. You know, at this point in the pay per view, you know, last week we shit all over what was to come to, for the main event. Oh, I'm right. But at this so. point in the pay per view, I'm like, this has been a takeover. <laughs> Is it going to be good? And then right. we have the NXT been the best takeover. Championship. It's been a good takeover,
0: right? It's been a, a, yeah. a takeover you recognized as a takeover.
1: Yes. And then we had the main event. And I got to say, right from the beginning, (laughs) when Kyle O'Reilly is walking out with the Undisputed Era, and they start playing, and I shit you not, this is the exact noise they play at the Elimination Chamber, which I brought up earlier, when they're trying to pick what cell is going to pop open. But I love that they did that for Undisputed Era to walk out and give him this pep talk. And then they did it again for Balor to walk out by himself. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, does that mean there's no Elimination Chamber this year? Like, fuck, we got to use that audio clip somehow. We
0: can hope like hell there's no Elimination <laughs> Chamber this year. Slightly off topic, but you brought it up. Maybe like three, four years ago, I, uh, my son's mother bought the uh, Elimination Chamber collection, and it was like every Elimination Chamber are like, the best of or something. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, this would be really fucking awesome!" So I borrowed it from her. <laughs> I put it on, watched the first one. God, Elimination Chamber's awesome. Watch the second one. Ah, oh, this is really good. Yeah, the second one isn't going to be as good as the first. Watch the third one. Oh my God, this is the same match I watched twice already. Got to the fourth <laughs> one. I'm not finishing this. This seems <laughs> right. it's fucking the same. match. Oh my God. The There's only so. I mean, it's not even like a cage match. There's just only so much you can do. Yeah. It's repetitive. It's good to have and I know I sound like um, old man yells at cloud, but it's good to have maybe once every three years. It's just maybe like LNSL. even we don't need it every year. It, year. it needs
1: to be when it's for effect. Yeah,
0: exactly. So go ahead.
1: I'm I interrupted you. Oh, no, that's cool. Uh, it, cool. it was Finn very Baller, cool. Thank you for Kyle noticing O'Reilly. how
0: cool that interruption was. God, that was the coolest <laughs> interruption I've ever had. I so appreciate it. It was better than this match. That. Oh my gosh! It
1: just it was tubular. Uh, I got to start out this match review by formally inviting Kyle O'Reilly to come on our podcast, where we will both fallatiate him repetitively.
2: It's it's and competitive.
0: Yes, I will filate him competitively. Yes, I will. Actually, I will fillet him while he eats a ham. There you go. I mean, that just makes it better. Yeah, there's no joke to this. I mean, I'm not setting anything up. I'm just saying, like, we'll give him a ham. He can eat it, and we'll fillet him. That's the best way to get filleted is while you're eating a ham. I'm just. There's not a joke here. I'm just. That's what it is.
1: Who would have thought Kyle O'Reilly is potentially the most insane member of the Undisputed Era?
0: Okay, so let me preface this first by saying this same match, Finn Balor versus Adam Cole, probably would have been better. But I don't know how you could make the match better than this match was. I honestly believe Adam Cole would have made it better. That saying, this is an A plus. I gave it an A plus. A plus match. Oh no! You, you
1: think you think Adam plus Cole would and and Balor would have been legit decking each other the way that O'Reilly and Balor were? Oh hell yeah! Because there was oh, yeah. some one hundred. Oh, reminded me of when when uh, 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 Braun Strowman accidentally checked Brock Lesnar in that match and got the three <laughs> knees to the face. <laughs>
0: Oh, These guys man. both thought that they were in Japan and they could just go strong style. on. <laughs> yeah, yep. um, legit hits the, the very last knee and I'm jumping and I, and I do have a review for this, but I'm jumping ahead. That very last knee that, that is probably the one that shattered Finn Balor's orbital boner jar or whatever. You can see it. And not only do you see it and you're like, Oh shit, that looks stiff but Finn immediately fucking holds his jaw, and you're like, oh, god damn. That is,
1: uh... Both men bled from the mouth during this match, even before that.
0: Oh, you gotta rephrase that, Pasty. It's not that both men bled from the mouth. Both men fucking had blood spewing from the mouth. Like, it wasn't like, oh, I busted my lip, and now there's blood coming down. It was like blood continued to come out.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. In,
0: in a good stream, you know, it was like, um, and, and we're not going to get into it now, but let's just say that um, our injury report definitely focuses on this match an awful lot. They did not go away unscathed. Um, <laughs> Pasty, I, I put at the top of my notes, which I actually wrote this after the match, but I did put at the very top. I felt strong enough after the match. Put this at the top. Holy hell, what a fucking match. That was yeah. the top of my notes. Um, teeth were lost. Bodies were beaten. Internal organs, I'm sure, were fucking bruised. This is probably one of the most physical matches you're ever going to see in a Vince McMahon owned ring, obviously. And way better than Pasty or I could ever of predicted is exactly what I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause we didn't, we, we thought it was like, what the fuck? Um, I
1: feel like this match definitely checked every box for you. It started off it slow did? with holds. It, it built up real slow. Honestly, by the time this match was over, I'm like, holy shit. They just went for an hour and they didn't.
0: <laughs> right. It, yeah. They didn't even, they didn't even actually hit a half hour. Yeah. Um, no, legit. This is, this is everything I look for in a pro wrestling match. These two guys really, uh, they, they really brought it out. And I mean, basically O'Reilly, he proved he's a top guy to me, or yeah. at least he proved he, no, well, I'll take that back. He proved he can be a top guy to me. I don't know yet that O'Reilly can pull this off, um, take with over anybody. after take over y- yeah. after take over. And yeah. yes, with just anybody. So I I will say that. But I also want to say, I think Balor really um, proved to us that, yeah, the guy that you've seen on the main roster, I I didn't lose the guy I was. That's what Vince wanted me to be. I'm still Finn Balor. Hell yeah. And he showed us the real Finn Balor here. And I'm going to go out on a limb, and I think I just said this uh, last week or the week before, but this this could be a match of the year contender. This, it, yeah. well, this is a match of the year contender. Oh, yeah. yeah. This could be match of the year. I don't know. Whew. And, 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 let, let's talk about this, Pacey. It actually fucking progressed storylines. Because we had the Adam Cole beatdown afterwards that O'Reilly didn't save him from. Um, with old, uh, old man Ridge. And, um... Uh, you know what's happening? Where was Strong? Where was Fish? Where were they when everything was happening? You know, and it, is WWE gonna push Ridge Holland? Uh,
1: we'll find out the injury report. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I know. I'm reading my notes, and I kind of know the answer to that. But but that's but that's what I'm thinking when the show goes off the air. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I gave this an A plus. I wanted to give it an A plus plus. Um, it actually, yeah, it's an A plus plus. It deserves an A plus plus. It's an A plus plus. Sorry.
1: I'll let you do it. I'll let you do it.
0: That doesn't change my grade, but. You know. <laughs> so that brings us pasty to uh, uh, what's the uh, best match? Wait, we. Know what the best match of the yeah, day was.
1: Yeah, obviously. <laughs> There's only one, one person on this card we're willing to fillet. Yeah, to be well, you know. Well.
0: I'll, I'll, I'll kind of lang both EO and Candice at the same time if they ask <laughs> me to. So, oh, and... You know, I heard, you know, Dream might be willing to take some, too. I don't know. Um, no, honestly. I like when wrestlers
1: make me eat my words, though. That's definitely. A thing. Oh, a
0: hundred. that's. Yeah, I agree. It's not even like we're sour about it. I don't shit on people hoping that they do bad.
1: Uh-huh.
0: I shit on people because of how I feel and I want to be entertained. I went into this thinking that this was going to be the most disappointing match and it turned out to be the best. And I fucking absolutely loved it. I was marking out the whole time. But I will say, with that being said, I thought that the uh, women's championship match, when that was done, I thought that was going to be the best match of the night. Like, that was, I was sold on that. Yeah. And it wasn't so awesome. Um, final grade, Pacey. I give it an A minus.
1: I'm going to say it's a B. Uh, they, there's some damn good stuff on the show, but there were some matches that didn't captivate me.
0: Yeah, that, I, I respect that. So that yes. puts us at about a B-plus for the whole pay-per-view between the two of us, and that sounds about right. Um, definitely up from last week, or from last takeover, I should say. Definitely. And that's good. If, if yes. it had went down from then, we'd have problems.
1: Well, you need some good things this year, Fat Mac. It is 2020, and it's been a rough one.
0: Yeah, but, Pasty, 2020, when you look at it through the kaleidoscope that is the Savage Sentinel, you get a fractured mirror of a reflection of shit.
1: Yeah, the darkness is real this week, but we're both suiting up in our finest waste management outfits, and we're about to take out the trash. So, Pasty,
0: we got a follow-up from last week. And we now have further information regarding the Twitch presence in WWE going forward. WWE wrestlers are now being presented with new contracts that include Twitch streaming as a work obligation. They're forced to do this. In a similar situation to WWE Network show Ride Along, which seen what was once a normal leisure activity for wrestlers driving back and forth to where they need to go to become part of the job where they had to be in character and be on and perform and performers who choose to not stream pasty could actually end up losing out on earnings. They could possibly be suspended among other penalties, which could be worse.
1: So shitty. Way to take video games and make them not fun. Good job, Vince. Yeah. Uh, In related news, we now know that WWE is not just taking over Talents' Twitch accounts, but also their Cameo accounts. In In a leaked document, we found out what the wrestlers are allegedly agreeing to when allowing WWE to take over Talents' Cameo accounts. Talents affirm that WWE is their authorized representative talent authorized cameo to make all payments and any other compensations to wwe Mm. cameo will not be made a party in any dispute between the talent and wwe and the authorization can be cancelled at any time only if the account is cancelled
0: wow so all payments are going to wwe yeah and they'll distribute to them as they see. I'm I'm assuming. Oh fuck!
1: So honestly, people should just stop watching wrestlers' twitches, right? Because then they'll still get paid for streaming. Because that's WWE's thing now. But WWE yeah. won't make the money off of it. Well, you know,
0: pasty. In an email from Vince McMahon to WWE talent, that has been leaked. Vince sends a not-quite-so-friendly reminder about third-party deals with companies such as Twitch and Cameo. In fact, the email reads as follows. Quote, just a friendly reminder that this Friday, October 2nd, is the deadline for severing any unauthorized business relationships with third parties. As we mentioned in my September 3rd message, continued violation beyond this deadline will result in fines and may result in suspension or termination. If you need further details, please contact our EVP of Operations, Brad Bloom. Now, if the uh, email about uh, being suspended, terminated, and fined, and don't talk to me, talk to this guy, wasn't shitty enough, he follows it up
1: with, thank you. Vince because he's (laughs) such a nice guy you know oh what a good fella nobody else is allowed to refer to by him as his by his first name though has to be mr. McMahon
0: (laughs) no but that's him being friendly because that was a very friendly email pasty I'm stripping
1: you of your livelihood thank you
0: (sighs) (laughs) what a shit fucker
1: yeah, it's so shitty, and it's no wonder that, you know, this week there was tweets by both Paige and Zelina Vega. They're looking into unionization.
0: A few wrestlers have actually started hashtagging that, and that's um, dangerous but good. You know what I mean? Hey,
1: if you don't care about being with WWE after this, that's probably your best way out.
0: To right. Yeah, why not? And unionization could only help the entire pro wrestling industry because they're still to this day considered independent contractors when they're obviously not. And this is a huge, this is is, is opening eyes to why they're not independent contractors and why that's a shitty title for them to have.
1: And also you know? my thing here is, is with WWE owning their rights to Twitch and Cameo and all this stuff, what's to say if people aren't, terminated that they're not allowed to have twitches or cameos going forward because wwe has the rights to their likeness in that account right you know i could oh, see wwe tried try to, for sure to try to sue for even starting a second account like not yep, even trying no, to use 100 percent. they would they yeah. would
0: definitely go for that yeah
1: it's fucked up Josue Romero, a legally blind man, filed a lawsuit on October sixth, twenty twenty, against WWE with the United States District Court, Southern District of New York, on the ground that he feels WWE is denying equal access to its WWE Shop website, and adds such a not adhering, and adds such a not adhering to the American Disability Act. The lawsuit notes several barriers on WWE's e-commerce website which do not comply.
0: So basically they're just not uh, they're not making their website accessible to blind folk. At least not to what um, at least not to what e-commerce says is, is legally definable.
1: I'm going to invent a Braille phone and make millions.
0: I was at a, uh, I was at an apartment building the other day. We walked up to the apartment building. And I'm going to use a fake number, but it says A-23. And then I had Braille underneath it. And my son, he felt the Braille with his finger, and he said, Dad, you know what this says? I said A 23. <laughs> That's uh, the real story. You can story. read Braille without feeling it?
1: <laughs> That's a oh real my real story. A <laughs> 23.
0: I said it all confident like that, too. Like I was fucking cool. A 23
1: uh speaking of 8-23 fat mac i think it's time to check in with our favorite
0: oh man we got uh one of my favorites of all time is Alberto. i am in jail i am in a jail cell as much as in a wrestling ring el patron i believe that's his wrestling name because he was indicted on thursday by a grand jury in san antonio texas on charges of aggravated kidnapping Now, those of you who follow Beefsteaks podcast will know that we reported back in May, El Patron, whose real name is Jose Alberto Rodriguez Chacon, was arrested and charged with felony second-degree sexual assault and aggravated kidnapping after his victim claimed he, quote, slapped her across the head several times, forced her to wear a dress and dance for him, and tied the woman's hands with boxing straps, put a sock in her mouth, and sexually assaulted and sodomized her for several hours using various objects after she would not admit to cheating on him. You know, up on the res, they call that a first date, pasty. Yeah.
1: He was just actually shooting for the film South American Psycho.
0: Exactly. Well, furthermore... The former WWE champion is said to have threatened to take the victim's son and, quote, drop him in the middle of the road somewhere, end quote. Well, Pacey, Thursday's court order lists the primary charge as aggravated kidnapping, but it is unclear if the sexual assault charge resulted in an indictment as well. But I hope, like, fucking hell it did, because that's probably yeah. the part. You can get rid of the fucking, well, I guess whatever gives him the most time in jail, but still, like... That's um that should be the worst thing. The trial date has yet to be set, but the former Del Rio, who has been out on fifty thousand dollar bond, is slated to be arraigned on Friday, which is today as we record, at least as per court records. I'm sure next week we will have an update on the story. Oh yeah. Yeah. He he's a shitty human being and you know, you would hope that in the world of pro wrestling, shitty human beings don't come as bad as Alberto Del Rio. I don't think they ever could, pasty.
1: I think it's shitty that he could do that in May, and it does, nothing happens until now.
0: Well, that's just the court systems. I mean... Uh,
1: it's stupid. It does That doesn't help anybody.
0: <laughs> no, but there's another person who doesn't help anybody
1: either that we know of. That's right, Marty, I am a piece of shit, Janetti posted on his Facebook page, alleging he was beaten up outside of JFK Airport earlier this week. He says he lost his phone, despite posting a screenshot of an automated text message, and questioned why his attack wasn't getting as much attention as Brianna Taylor, the 26-year-old Afri- African-American woman who was fatally shot by police in her Louisville, Kentucky apartment in March. Fuck Marty Janetti. Yep. Fuck Marty Janetti,
0: The guy who claimed he had killed some dude and had a whole big old story about it, and then when the police investigated him, said, oh, it was just a work. <laughs> this guy, this is the same guy who was tweeting out things like, oh, I'm sexting this gal, and she says she's 16. Should I believe her or not? Like, <laughs> Marty Jannetty was such a talented wrestler, and then the Rockers happened, and everybody was like, oh, there's Shawn Michaels, who's amazing, and there's Marty Jannetty, who is nothing. And those of us who were, like, 80s fans are like, no, Marty is really cool, and he's a good wrestler, and he's doing that, you know, really built Shawn Michaels. And then nowadays, he keeps pulling this shit. And he's really the Marty Jannetty of Marty Jannetty's. Right. He's the Jerry of Marty Jannetty's. Or maybe the Marty Jannetty of Jerry's. I don't know which is worse.
1: Marty Jernetty. Marty Jernetty.
0: <laughs> well, there's another Jerry who we got to talk about. I and mean, we don't know how Jerry he is yet, but... He admits he's at least somewhat Jerry. And you know what? He's less Jerry for admitting he's somewhat Jerry. Yes. And I've said Jerry enough. Took him a long time. Oh
2: well,
0: that's true. <laughs> uh, prob, prob, let's be fair. Probably his lawyer is doing more than his.
2: Which yeah. is
0: smart. But uh, we're talking about old Jerry Jack Gallagher, who has made a public statement on the speaking out allegations and his WWE release saying, quote, I didn't release a, release a statement initially because it didn't feel like the right thing to do at the time. I have now taken time to process what has happened and would like to respond. In 2014, at a New Year's Eve party, I met a young woman, and my behavior towards her was inappropriate. As this party was nearly six years ago and I had drunk quite a large amount of alcohol that night, I do not recollect what happened. I wish to make it clear, though, that drinking is not an excuse for my behavior that night. I want to express my deepest regrets, and I am genuinely sorry for the upset that I have caused. Following these allegations, I proactively contacted the head of WWE Talent Relations to take responsibility for my actions, as I was aware that the woman who made the allegations and I had both attended the same New Year's Eve party. This isolated incident is not reflective of my behavior and attitude towards women. As a man, I know I can do better, and with the support of my wife, I have taken the time over the last few months to understand what I can do. So if he's being honest, this is really cool of him. And at the very least, even if he's being dishonest, he's admitting he did wrong, which is more yeah. than most men
1: do. Yep. Yeah. You mean like Matt Riddle? I mean like Matt Riddle. <laughs> because...
0: And Velveteen Dream. <laughs> but more like Matt Riddle.
1: <laughs> you know, he's uh, actually not on the list of people to be drafted tonight or on Monday, which is interesting. I
0: didn't notice that.
1: <clears throat> Dominica.
0: <Yes>. Right. <laughs> Why anybody would? He's getting drafted to fucking superstars.
1: <laughs> he should get both, drafted to NXT. Both, to be honest,
0: both Raw and SmackDown have drafted dominant Mysterio. Dot 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 to superstars. <laughs> they don't want him no more. Get him the fuck out of here,
1: uh.
0: Matt Riddle. What the fuck happened with Matt Riddle?
1: Well, Samantha Tavel, a.k.a. Candy Cartwright, has filed a civil lawsuit against Matt Riddle, WWE, and former Evolve owner Gabe Sapolsky. The news was first reported by the Chicago Sun-Times on Thursday, and court documents that have surfaced online against suggest that Tavel is seeking $10 million per defendant for actual damages, damages from emotional distress, punitive damages, attorney's fees, and costs. Way to go. Fucking get what
0: you can, woman. Yeah. I agree.
1: The former Shine Nova champion claims that Riddle committed a series of assaults against her from 2017 through January 2020, and the first incident of the assault took place in a parking lot following an involved show in April of 2017. This new lawsuit comes after Matt Riddle had withdrawn his peti- pish- petition for a restraining order against Cartwright, and had filed a civil lawsuit of his own back in mid-September. Matt Riddle so far has not reacted to this new lawsuit from his accuser. WWE this, has though.
0: Oh well, all they said was that they haven't been submitted with a lawsuit, and they. Have but if they to if
1: they are, they'll fight it. Yeah. Yeah. This is really a super
0: yo-yo kind of lawsuit. It was her, then it was him, now it's her.
2: You
1: know, all Matt Riddle has to do to make this better is admit that he cheated on his wife with her. Right? Oh, I mean, it's not going to make things better for him, but that's all she really wants.
0: Have you ever been married? He's probably rather spend time in jail getting fucked in the ass (laughs) by Bubba than fucking admit that he cheated to his wife. Uh, You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. But she has pictures of them kissing, like selfie pictures and shit. Oh, 100.
0: I mean, I mean no, he did everything she said. That's This one isn't even – this isn't one that's that's up to question.
1: It makes me happy I never liked Matt Riddle.
0: <laughs> it makes me sad I did like Matt Riddle. But you know what? One thing I always liked was the old uh, Austin 316 slogan. In fact, I, I bought a shirt Austin 316 – And uh, I I actually made an Austin 316 sign when I went to a WWE event. One time. One time I'd made the Austin 316 sign. And that was before I felt it was played out. And then afterwards I thought it was played out. But basically. You know, I
1: I tried to file a trademark for Austin 316 this morning. I thought I could snag it. What happened? Uh, It was already taken.
0: That's because on Thursday WWE filed to trademark the Austin 316 phrase. That's a phrase that of course was made famous by Steve Austin at the 1996 King of the Ring pay-per-view when he was talking about his victory or his uh, his victory over Jake "The Snake" Roberts. The use description notes that the name was first used in commerce in late January 17, 1997. Which was just days before the '97 Royal Rumble, which, of course, Austin won by just throwing tons of people out and just sitting in there waiting for more people to come in. Yes, I hope Steve fights him for this because this should be a Steve one. But I, I do understand them trying to file it. It, it makes sense. It's a smart business decision. On well, WWE's yeah, part.
1: he's still doing that. The the, the quote-unquote podcast on the wwe network too so it's like right i'm sure wwe kind of like muscled him into it like oh yeah you got your show on our shit we gotta own your copyrights still
0: that could be and they they maybe even paid him for it you know what i mean yeah yeah. They probably did. They probably paid yeah. him a good sum it, for it's it. It's Steve. So.
1: They, of course they paid him. They
0: paid him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yes, they did pay him. Let's say that. Yeah, I agree with you. If
1: it's Steve or Dwayne, they're getting money. That's <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> ah, yes. That's not all, though, Fat Mac. WWE filed for several trademarks related to New Capital Wrestling Center as well. WWE filed to trademark the following names. CWC. CWC Capital Wrestling Center, and CWC NXT Capital Wrestling Center, or as I like to refer to it, CWC NXT CWC. The following use, use descriptions were filed with the United States uh, Patent Taming Officer. I almost tra- had And
0: trademark offices. <laughs> you almost had it. <laughs> U.S. Patent <laughs> Trademark Offices. There you go.
1: Entertainment services, namely a show about professional wrestling, entertainment services, namely the production and exhibition of professional wrestling events rendered live and through broadcast media, including television, and distributed via various platforms across multiple forms of transmission media, providing wrestling news, what, (laughs) and information through broadcast media, including television, and distributed what? via various platforms across multiple forms of transmission media. Why well, they gotta gotta got to move it on our territory. Worry,
0: buddy <laughs>
1: uh, what is what does the Capitol Wrestling Center have to do with wrestling news? They' just fucking put it on anything
0: they can so <laughs> they can use it, you know That way somebody else can't use it for that has nothing to do with news. Yeah. But they'll take it from us, Pasty.
1: Does that mean we're going to get in trouble for using Capital Wrestling Returns as the show title? Yep. <laughs>
0: 100. <laughs> uh, and more trademark news Pasty WWE also filed to trademark several NXT UK superstar names, including Ioffy Valkyrie, Amir Jordan, Amel. A kid and NXT UK women's champion Kaylee Ray.
1: So they basically got through the A's this week and they're gonna
0: <laughs> That's exactly what that is. <laughs> that is literally exactly what that is. And of uh, course the women's champion, they were like, well, and her too, we gotta get her. A
1: kid, that's uh champion. that's Nicholas from WrestleMania, right? Huh? A-kid. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Took me a second. Sorry, buddy. (laughs) Took me longer than it should have. I'm sorry. T-bar. T-bar and A-kid.
0: Yeah, that's old T-rex. He's A-kid. T-rex is
1: A-kid. T-rex is A-kid. A-kid is T-rex. I need a cold shower. (laughs) Uh, Former WWE producer and wrestling veteran Sarah Stock better known as her ring name, Sarita, was arrested Sunday morning in Evansville, Indiana. Court records show that Stock was charged with aggravated battery, disorderly conduct, public intoxication by alcohol, and resisting law enforcement. She was booked into jail by the Vandenberg County Sheriff's Department at 425 a.m. on Sunday. So I would assume it's not just alcohol in her system. Whoop, whoop. Whoop. Has already been re- and has already been released. Stock was furloughed from her WWE job back in April due to COVID-19, but was officially released from her job last month. She was originally hired by WWE back in 2015 after a successful in-ring career. She is also, if I'm not mistaken, the sister of Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas.
0: You are super mistaken.
1: If Am I? I be. thought that was who that was. Sarita? No, she's yeah. Hispanic. Okay. Their sister is Mika. And she still works with WWE, then. I, I don't know As far if as we know. Was. I don't think we've... I don't know that...
0: Name. Yeah, I don't know if Mika has worked with WWE.
1: I thought she was a producer. They brought her in Mika? As like a trainer or producer. Yeah, like... They no. weren't going to do anything with her wrestling. Mika's just a kid. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. <laughs> Mika I not Yeah, maybe unless there's another sister.
0: Well, (laughs) Mika Rotunda is the only one I know of. I don't think she's. uh, I don't think. I thought it was a big thing because Mike
1: Rotunda got got released the same time. Sorry, that's where I had drawn the. As Mika, I swear to God. No, as Soraya, Sarita. As Sarita. Let's just stop now. This isn't news. (laughs) We
0: love Sarita. She, she is quite a great uh, pro wrestler. Very talented. Former uh, Impact Wrestling Women's Tag Champion. In fact, I want to say she was part of the inaugural with Taylor Wilde. They were called uh, uh, Tay Sarita. Sorry to see this happen to her. That's that's super sad. Uh, uh, a great woman, uh, talented woman. But, Pasty, if we want to talk about sad things happening to talented women in the pro wrestling world, holy buckets, strap onks. Oh I got quite a lot to say about this next thing, especially because I'm a huge fan, and I was kind of pissed off about this. I was about three-quarters hot. In fact, I'm what my sister would say, uh, teeth-spitting mad. <laughs> That's a new phrase we came up with today, teeth-spitting mad. There you go. Because Pasty, even though Netflix had previously announced that Glow, Glorious glorious Ladies of Wrestling, had been renewed for its fourth and final season, and they were going to wrap everything up, the fucking show's been cancelled. Deadline reported Tuesday that Netflix has changed its decision to renew the show due to the ongoing COVID pandemic. COVID has killed actual humans. It's a national tragedy and should be our focus.
1: So they canceled all their other shows too?
0: COVID also apparently took down our show. Netflix has decided not to finish filming the final season of Glow. At least it says series creator Liz Flahiv and Carly Mensch. We were were handed the creative freedom to make a complicated comedy about women and tell their stories and wrestle. And now that's gone. There's a lot of shitty things happening in the world that are much bigger than this right now. But it still sucks that we don't get to see these 15 women in a frame together again. Now, a Netflix spokesperson told Deadline, quote, We've made the difficult decision not to do a fourth season of Glow due to COVID, which makes shooting this physically intimate show, with its large ensemble cast, especially challenging. We are so grateful to to creators Liz Flahive and Carly Mensch, Genji Cohen, and all the writers, cast, and crew for sharing this story about the incredible women of Glow with us and the world. Now, per the report, Netflix had been trying to find ways to get the show back into production over the last several months, but the problem was that the season wouldn't have premiered until early 2022, more than a year away, Pasty. Also, there is still uncertainty of COVID-19, and in addition to the physical aspect of the show, those were the reasons for cancellation. But fear not.
1: Yep, no, we live in a world where, where fake wrestling <laughs> fake fake wrestling in a TV show format can't be can't go that. on. But real wrestling with fans and arenas is just Oh hard. that's fine.
0: Oh of course it is. Uh, but Pasty, let me tell you, there's a little bit of hope because fans of the show are super not happy about this decision. Neither is Pasty. Neither is Fat Mac. Neither is the entire Beef Sticks podcast. And neither is the media. Because an article in Vanity Fair came out shortly after the decision and blasted Netflix for canceling the show, which was female-driven and portrayed strong, intelligent, successful women in the pro-wrestling business at a time that the business could really use that with the whole hashtag speaking out movement. This is the perfect fucking show for pro-wrestling. And uh, comic legend and Glow co-star Mark Marin took to Instagram to pitch a two-hour movie that closes out the series. And I'd take at least that. Mark Marin said, quote, let us wrap it up in a two-hour Netflix movie. Give the showrunners and the cast and the writers a chance to finish the story in a movie, right? Then it's all fine. That would take the financial pressure off and the writers could play it out. We could shoot it all out. Baron said the reason given for the showrunners was basically a financial one in that they didn't want to pay to keep the sets alive anymore. He continued, they were two and a half episodes in on the day that they went into lockdown. So basically it's not worth keeping the sets up. They want to tear them down and put up new sets for other shows that will be made. Stranger
1: things season 27. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really bummed. I ain't even gonna lie. I'm really bummed. Yeah, that 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 fucking sucks. You know, it's funny that they couldn't make this work, even through, uh, you know, daily soap operas. I just saw something about this. Uh, They have they they're still doing the shows the way they would, but when they're doing the makeout scenes that they usually throw in. They yeah. they have the the characters make out with a mannequin facing away from the camera, and it's horribly oh. obvious that it's a mannequin. But it's the best thing I've ever but seen. But
0: that's ever. fucking awesome! Like I <laughs> yeah. love that. I love that because yeah. first of all, soap operas are super fake to begin with. Like we right. all yeah. know how campy yeah. they are.
1: Right. That's that why the best awesome. soap opera was Passions. I, 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 why am I admitting that on broadcast? I don't know. Yeah. But that one was, but like, not even awesome. rooted in reality with it. witches and magic and, and uh, the, the, the little short guy who played young Grinch in the Grinch movie. Yeah. Joe C? No. Okay. <laughs> He's dead no. now, though, uh, much like Joe C.
0: <laughs> oh, yes, many people are dead now. Yeah. William Shakespeare. <laughs> what? Pacey, William Shakespeare, he had his time. He made a mark on society. He came, but now he's gone.
1: Yes, and now it is time for more comings and goings. And as we talked about earlier, Ember Moon made her long-awaited return to WWE TV, and we now know she was the mystery biker teasing their return to NXT. Triple H addressed the return of NXT TakeOver 31. As far as timing at all, he says Ember Moon was just cleared for action. But they had been discussing a return to the NXT brand even before her Achilles injury in 2019.
0: Uh, Obviously, because Vince shit on her the whole time. Yeah. Where else was she going to go? She's either going to go to AEW, Impact, or NXT. Right. If you want to keep her if you want to keep making money off her, and she's super talented. Why wouldn't you put her back in NXT? Oh, speaking of super talented young women in WWE, Tony Storm is now a member of the main NXT roster, as we also mentioned above in that same sentence with Ember Moon, the 2018 May Young Classic winner made a return at TakeOver 31 along with Ember Moon, confronting NXT Women's Champion Io Shirai on the big screen, following the Genius of the Sky's successful title defense over Candice LeRae. Storm has been a member of the NXT UK roster up until now, but there's no word yet on when she will actually return to an NXT ring. So, uh, you know, maybe they're waiting until COVID ends and she'll just keep doing screen presence is pasty.
1: <laughs> Maybe.
0: Uh, Which also, actually may, might actually do better for her. You know, you look at certain people who have had long running buildups like Y2J and, and like and Retribution, uh, the Crow Sting. Not Retribution. Like Y2J and the Crow Sting. Perhaps her not coming in right away could actually prove to be a plus.
1: Yeah, I think so. Uh, obviously, Ember Moon physically got there first, so she's probably next first. She's next first.
0: That's yes. oxymoronic.
1: <laughs> she's next first, and Tony Storm is next last.
0: Okay, but who's first next?
1: Uh, yes, Io right. Shirai, Renee Young. Oh yes, that's right. Because former WWE broadcaster Renee Young will be returning to the company for the first time since SummerSlam. Woo! (coughs) WWE and Fox Network announced Thursday they will be celebrating Season 2 of SmackDown on Fox during the upcoming episode of the show on October 16th, and it will feature a special kickoff show that will feature young returning host alongside Booker T. And you know what Booker T is growing such an awesome beard. I fucking love it. It is pretty fucked that a wrestler for WWE has a you know a three month non complete cause, sixty to ninety days usually. Renee Young has twelve months.
0: <laughs> no, right? It, you know what? In all honesty, though, that probably was with um, Fox. Yeah. So that actually kind of makes sense.
1: And this deal is is because she is still employed by Fox or whatever. It's not. It's not. It's not WWE. It's Fox. It's like CM Punk on that fucking shitty show that didn't last. Yeah.
0: CM Punk didn't last
1: either, though. To be fair. Right. Yeah. I don't know. We we could still find out that he is Ali. Retribution, maybe. (laughs) Ali takes off his mask, and it's CM Punk.
0: That's. It's not it. it it's not T Bone. It's T Bar. I mean, CM <laughs> Punk. I mean, T. Oh my God.
1: T Bag.
0: It's Malcolm from Jurassic Park.
1: It's Malcolm He's in the middle.
0: Sexy with his shirt unbuttoned. <laughs> oh my gosh, he was the fly. We're gonna call him Baxter Stockman from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> We've really gone off the fucking beaten path at this point. God damn.
1: Teen Wolf. American <laughs> Werewolf in London. <laughs> London's falling.
0: How about Wolf starring Jack Nicholson and Michelle Pfeiffer? That's a good movie people don't talk about. That is a good movie people don't talk about. That's for another story, but god damn, that's a good
1: movie. No, I'd much rather talk about the, the talent that WWE is continuing to usurp.
0: Oh, because Pasty, WWE does continue to usurp talent from Evolve Wrestling that they bought, as several prospects have signed with WWE again. It seems like every, like, maybe four weeks we talk about it. It's a monthly thing. So these names include some notable names. I think we should just rapid-fire them, Pasty. I'm going to start off with Brandy Powlik, known on the independents as Brandy Lawrence. She is an exciting competitor who has stepped in the ring for promotions like Evolve and Shine.
1: Yes. Then you have Cameron Rogers, who's a six-foot-one Texan, who competes under the name Kurt Stallion and loves long walks on the beach. Rogers broke out in 2019 in Evolve Wrestling, where he battled the likes of Matt Riddle, Cameron Grimes, Dexter Loomis, and Mansoor, all of which who have been usurped by WWE. <laughs> And one
0: person who will make a man sewer is Anthony Green. He is the flamboyant Massachusetts native and standout grappler from Evolve Wrestling. Of course, the 26-year-old stood toe-to-toe with NXT Tag Team Champion Tyler Breeze and Evolve, as well as many of his fellow recruits from this
2: class.
1: And you'll spend some time shooting the breeze with D'Artagnan Ruffin, better known as Leon Ruff who's a former Evolve Tag Team champion, the energetic 24-year-old, has competed on Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and 205 Live in recent months, going up against the likes of Sheamus, Aleister Black, Tommaso Ciampa, and Legato Del Fantasma. But then why the fuck don't I know his name?
0: Why don't you, pasty? Somebody you shouldn't know the name of is somebody who's been in the zone of combat building his way up to WWE and that is Joseph Ruby, who is a six foot 249 pound powerhouse from the sh- shitty fuck state of New Jersey competing as Joe Gacy. He's a former three time CZW heavyweight champion and evolved tag team champion.
2: Yes.
1: And I don't have a tie in here, but Joshua Bruns is an imposing figure Standing at six foot eight and weighing two hundred sixty-eight pounds, as Josh Briggs, he's been the evolved champion and battled the likes of NXT United Kingdom Champion Walter, Matt Riddle, John Morrison, and Raw Tag Team Champion Angelo Dawkins, all who of which have been consumed by the WWE machine. And
0: Pasty, I dare tell you that he made them all look like amateurs. But somebody who knows a thing or two about that, Jacob Casper, who is a 25-year-old amateur wrestling standout from Lexington, Ohio. Of course, Casper wrestled at Duke University, where he was a two-time NCAA All-American and won the 2018 AWC Heavyweight Championship. He also placed in the 2016 Olympic Trials.
1: Yes. But he ain't a friendly ghost like Jake Clemens of Ohio, who is a referee and who has officiated matches on Monday Night Raw, as well for promotions like Evolve and AIW. But, but with all this new talent coming in, WWE, you want me to? <laughs> yeah, I want you to. Right. But with all this new talent coming in, WWE needs to make room, and that leads for us to the news that Kyrie's saying announced she has finished her WWE in-ring career and has shed some light on what she will do moving forward. In a tweet that was translated from Japanese through multiple languages on Google Translate, multiple, <laughs> Kyrie Saiyan reveals that she's been given the role of WWE promotional supporter and will carry out her duties from her home country of Japan. Kyrie was last utilized in WWE as the bait used by Sasha Banks and Bayley in order to get WWE's Raw Women's Championship off of Asuka. That's great. It's not
0: great. It's sad. I think it's very sad that she's retiring. She's a super talent.
1: But they're paying her to sit on her couch as a promotional supporter.
0: Well, yeah, I, and, and hopefully she continues to work over there in Japan. So hopefully she gets double checks. Um, somebody who's not getting double checks is somebody who was reported by Barstool Sports because their CEO, Erica Nardini, is joining WWE Board of Directors. Of course, WWE announced today, Friday, October 9th. That Nardini has been elected to their board. This Once makes her again, th-
1: because of her name has the word Nard in it. And it makes sense. Exact- well, a hundred. She makes balls disappear. Nardini. This also
0: makes her the third woman on WWE's board of directors, joining Stephanie McMahon and former travel channel president Laurene Ong. Nardini was named Barstool Sports first CEO in 2016. And since that time, the company has experienced tremendous brand and business growth as one of the fastest-growing lifestyle brands on the Internet, in fact, generating hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue. During her tenure at Barstool Sports, Nardini has launched more than 35 brands, including breakout franchises in sports, entertainment, female lifestyle, business, and sports betting. woo
1: it is reported that EC3 will be working Ring of Honor television tapings this month. It was speculated that he'll make his first appearance on Ring of Honor programming when, his, when this content airs. And now that appears to be confirmed. EC3 was released from WWE in April when the company implemented mass firings of staff and talent. He made his return to Impact Wrestling following the main event of Slammiversary back in July. Even though he'll be working for Ring of Honor, he still remains with Impact as well. I
0: love EC3, and the more I can see of him, the more I'm in, entertained, honestly. Yes. So we got some sad news here, Pasty. in an interview with Chris Van Vliet. This week, Jazz officially announced her retirement from in-ring competition.
1: So she'll be in the Women's Royal Rumble this year?
0: Maybe. Some of y'all listening might not know who Jazz is. She is a true legend of women's wrestling and a trailblazer in the industry. Yes. Jazz is a former two-time NWA women's champion, a (laughs) two-time WWE women's championship. Champion. Championship. She's a championship. She is. Beginning her career in ECW, she made her way through WWF, NWA, women's superstars, Uncensored, Shine, Chikara... And she even participated in the Casino Battle Royal at AEW's All Out in 2019, where she was actually eliminated by ODB. Jazz was inducted into the Women Superstars Uncensored Hall of Fame in 2010. She was inducted in the Texas Wrestling Hall of Fame in 2012, and inducted in the Cauliflower Alley Club earlier this year.
1: Yes, we all will her. of your Hall of Fame that matter.
0: Oh, Go like legit her. Hall of Fames, especially for women, yes.
1: Yes. Oh, that story hurts me, Fat Mac. Oh, it hurts me down in the gut. I think we need to report these injuries to the higher ups. I'll break out the, the injury report sheet. Alright. Let's uh snap into it like Finn Beller's jaw, huh? The for main sure. event- The main event of NXT TakeOver 31 was a brutal, hard-hitting battle for the NXT Championship between Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly. And it appears in the aftermath of this grueling spectacle, it had been revealed that O'Reilly has a number of broken teeth as a result of the fight with the Prince. O'Reilly was also taken to a local hospital to be evaluated for additional injuries.
0: Yeah, he was beating the shit out of, but Pasty, the champion, also took a beating in that match. And it was noted Balor was favoring an apparent jaw injury after the match. You could tell just watching. He was bleeding from his mouth profusely. They also took the demon to the hospital, the same hospital, to get x-rays of his jaws done with concerns of potential fractures of the facial bones. Ringside physician Dr. Westfield said... It was amazing that either man was able to finish the hard hitting match. Quote Finn had two fractures in his jaws, he said. Once the swelling goes down in a couple days, Finn's going to be able to talk very sparingly. Obviously, it's going to have to have him it's going to have to have him out for a little bit of time. He's not
1: the most grammatically competent <laughs> doctor.
0: And an update, though, Have Pacey you seen on... doctors'
1: writings? They're just not I good know. with words. That is true.
0: And an update, though, Pasty, on Wednesday, Ballard took to Twitter hours before NXT went live to reveal that he broke his jaw in two places and suffered oral lacerations while competing in the match. He says he is currently on a liquid only diet. But here's where it comes into play, Pasty. Is it a work? Is it a shoot? It should be noted that the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer, claims that the injury report is not accurate, but that it was made to be worse than it is.
1: Yeah, like right afterwards, they he said that he had fractured his jaw in two places, but it wasn't going to keep him out for long enough for that they would have to strip the title of him, off of him, which is good because that's happened to Finn before, and we don't need to see it happen again. Right. Uh... Yeah, Adam Cole, who wasn't even in a match at TakeOver 31, still walked off that night injured. Cole suffered both broken ribs and contusions at the hand of Ridge Holland, and, former, and the former champion was dropped over guardrails at the closing of the show. Is yeah. this how Triple H is protecting talent from getting called up by WWE? You got to break some bones so Vince doesn't want you right now.
0: They think that you're (laughs) accident-prone. Well, Pasty Ridge Holland uh, accidentally injured Adam Cole, and I think Wrestling Karma has issued Holland a receipt because it appears after his match against Danny Burch at Wednesday's NXT taping, Ridge Holland was brawling with Lorkin when his leg gave out during the cross-body attempt. Holland fell to the floor and started yelling while clutching his knee until he was carted off by WWE officials. Holland suffered a left-angle dislocation and fracture and a right knee patella dislocation and patella tender rupture.
1: Tender raptor. the, The tender raptor. A stellar tender raptor. That's what I need in my life. So
0: at the show, the knee dislocation was put back into place, and the ankle dislocation was put back into place at is the emergency like room afterwards. <laughs> he is. He underwent surgery Thursday, just yesterday, and won't be cleared to wrestle anytime soon. Holland was poised for a major push in, in NXT after injuring the aforementioned Cole at TakeOver 31. So this really throws a monkey wrench into the TakeOver plans, or the NXT plans, I should say.
1: That's not all from NXT TakeOver, though, Fat Mac. Velveteen Dream is said to have a fractured wrist due to Kushida hitting the hoverboard lock and then continuing to armbar Dream after he submitted. Dream is still technically medically cleared as tolerated. And that's all.
0: Well, Pacey Dakota Kai suffered a back and neck pain and is not medically cleared after last night's main event, or after Wednesday's main event, I should say. I love, which saw she got neck Rhea and back Ripley pain, and she can't wrestle.
1: Dream's got a fractured wrist. Get the fuck back in there, bitch.
0: It's as tolerated Ass-tolerated! <laughs> ass-tolerated.
2: <sighs>
1: hmm. Riddick Moss took to Instagram this week to reveal that he's been wrestling for the past two months with a torn ACL. No way. He will be out of action for some time, but there's no word yet on how long. No way. He last wrestled on the October 1st main event show, defeating Eric the Viking Raider. No way. He also defeated Eric on Raw Underground the week before that. No way. And slightly related news, Eric is up on the draft board by himself because Ivar's out on injury.
0: Yeah, but even with Ivar out on injury, pasty. Viking Raider Eric posted on Twitter Wednesday that he had surgery that day to clear up an ongoing issue that he's been having due to a surgical screw pushing into his tricep muscles and his quote cyborg arm.
1: Okay, so we're gonna stop here, and I'm starting to assume none of these people were actually injured and they all have COVID. <laughs>
0: That's, you know, that's
1: a possibility. It makes so much sense, right?
0: <laughs> no, 100. Like, they're all getting it. and They just don't want to say everybody has COVID. So now there's a screw poking out. This person has
1: back pain. This guy's leg fell apart in four lost, different locations. I lost
0: a couple teeth. <laughs> my... My... What what did you call it? A, a batella janela? Uh,
1: a stellar tender raptor.
0: Yeah, a stellar tender raptor is 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 gnashing at Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> he was a fly.
2: No, he's no, not he's a fly. A he's a
0: lawyer. <laughs> Why he's a lawyer? I don't know.
1: He's a lawyer of p- science. And on Pineapple
0: Express, they made fun of people doing impressions of him. I don't know. (laughs) We like Pineapple Express. It's a funny movie. You know, James Franco, he does a lot of things. We like James Franco. (laughs) Ah.
1: Mickey James hasn't been seen on WWE programming in recent weeks, and the former women's and knockouts champion recently revealed that she actually broke her nose during a recent match.
0: It was James Franco.
1: (laughs) Mickey James Franco. (laughs) That'd be weird. I want to smash their faces together with one of those. I want to see Mickey James Franco. That's (laughs) awesome. Thankfully, James confirmed that the damage was not severe. She claimed it was more like a curve where she couldn't breathe out of one side of her nose and revealed that she will only be out of action for a couple of weeks.
0: Oh, damn, I get that every night when I wake up just sleeping on one side. If I roll over, the other nostril fucking clears up. this fucking amazing podcast. (laughs) God, I love it. Pasty, former AWA, New Japan, WCW, and NWO wrestler Scott Flash Norton underwent his second knee replacement this week. Second! At the Houston Medical Center in Houston, Texas. Tay house in the House! He underwent his first knee replacement at the same facility back in March of this year. Fuck 2020. Scott wrote, quote, total knee replacement number two. Thanks to Dr. Adikes and team. <laughs> Thank you for all the support and prayers. Much appreciated. Hashtag strong the 59-year-old Norton, who is actually a two-time IWGP heavyweight and IWGP tag champion, has been semi-retired since 2008, but has wrestled in a few matches in Japan and some of the other indies since then. In fact, Norton won the NWJP, NJPW New Japan is what I'm trying to say, Greatest Gaijin Award back in 2002. Man, Ed Norton is the, my
1: favorite Incredible Hulk.
0: I'm telling you, you like the Hulks. <laughs> he never quite got the uh, what he deserved in America. I, I loved him from the beginning because I loved his strong style because I was a tape trader and would watch New Japan shit. But um, he never got over in America, but he was huge in Japan.
1: The only tape the I Hulk ever traded bedroom. was Scotch. No, I'm telling you. <laughs> Ah, Tracy Smothers is back in the hospital after having heart issues and discovering that his cancer has returned.
0: Say it isn't so, pasty.
1: Sadly, if you remember, it was just back in December of last year we reported the Southern boy was hospitalized for similar issues, being diagnosed with lymphoma and mentioning his heart wasn't being used to full capacity. Then back in May, he updated that the new that he completed six rounds of chemotherapy and has just been trying to lay low due to the pandemic. There was a GoFundMe set up for him by Chris Hero, which you can access by searching Tracy Smothers Cancer Benefit at GoFundMe.com.
0: We wish the best for old uh, Southern Tracy Smothers.
1: Yes, indeed. And if you can, go and support... These people are the reason you enjoy the sport you love so very much. It's always good Honestly, to help them when even, Yep. Remember right, right. when they've carried you through so much.
0: Yeah. I I just wanted to say, I mean, you know, one thing I like about our podcast is even if you're somebody who only knows wrestlers from the last five years. The wrestlers from 10, 20, 25, 50 years ago, they influence what has happened today. You know, Mm -hmm. Southern Tracy Smothers influences so many people today who you might not know about. You know, Scott Flash Norton has influenced Tanahashi, has influenced Evil. You know, has influenced machine gun Carl Anderson. Bullet Club might not have happened if it wasn't for somebody like Scott Flash Norton, who was a gaijin but was a, a, a heavyweight who just powered through, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I love about our show. It's like you, you don't have to love, you don't have to know the people we talk about. You don't even have to look at them. But just pay attention, and maybe the next time that you hear something about pro wrestling and you hear the name Tracy some others you're like oh shit yeah that's right beef sticks talks about him he was uh he was somebody maybe I'll google him maybe I'll wikipedia him maybe I'll you know just just give him some love everybody influences all of these people have influenced us
1: right Pacey yes indeed Speaking of influencing uh, us and, and being supportive, you can always donate to Beef Sticks Podcast and all of our endeavors at patreon.com forward slash cloudstyle. Yeah. you yom <laughs> Well, it was a painful show full of injuries and garbage that needed to be gotten rid of. But we made it through, Fat Mac. We made it. We made it through. And now we look forward to the WWE Draft of Palooza. It's already started and it continues into Monday. And we'll have all the results for that next week. Sucks cause I did kinda want to do some kind of like a mock up draft where we did our own draft thing, but uh Seems like that's a little like that's a little, a little late. <laughs> yeah.
0: And it's it's kind of a weird. They got some weird rules this this year. That's kind of all
2: over the place. Yeah,
1: but fortunately NXT isn't on the table as far as they've said. Yeah, the fact that everybody's injured. <laughs> and
0: also do to the fact that people actually like NXT. <laughs> With that uh, being said, pasty. Not only do I love you, but I love. Every one of you listeners. In fact, you can call me Brother Fat Mag Love because I'm a love, love sponge.
1: You. No, he's, <laughs> he's an asshole. <laughs> ah, yes, and I've been pasty. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Snap out of it.